Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. to lift our hands all across the building. We've come to be in the glory of the Lord. Come on, we've not come just for another service. We've come to be in His presence. We've come to be in Your presence tonight, oh Jesus. We thank You for what we feel in this house. We believe miracles are here. I believe miracles are here, oh Lord. I believe anything is possible when your people come together. I believe for great things tonight, oh God. I believe for great things tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you believe it for great things, come on, just rejoice with me for a moment. Just praise Him for a moment. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the sun. for you. I really do. Give honor to God and His presence tonight. Give honor to the to our pastor and our pastor's family. Pastors in Glen Ferris, West Virginia, ministering tonight was in another part of West Virginia this morning. He's preached all kinds of times this weekend and pray for your pastor and his family. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. And uh, Certainly remember, certainly remember this uh, senior class that is going to Guatemala um, on Tuesday, Tuesday morning. And uh, remember, please cover us in your prayers. And uh, we believe in the power of prayer around here. And uh, and so uh, cover, please cover us in your prayers and cover the rest of the group in your prayers because I'm leading them. I'm teasing. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a good time. And uh, I'm just looking forward to it. We're going to come back and you're not going to understand our speech anymore. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Welcome to the Anchor Church. I thank God for my pastor. It's going to be fun. <laughs> 25 and, and, uh, and 32. I don't know if I'm going to read as much as I wrote down to read yet. But if I do read everything I wrote down to read, you just need to buckle up 
It's like a, it's a lot. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor, ask him, say, "Can you handle? Can you handle all this reading for a minute?" Turn, turn back to him. Say, I was made for this. 25 and 32. Stay with me now. This is red letter Jesus speaking here. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. He shall set the sheep on his right hand, tongue twister, you don't want to get wrong right there, on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was, Jesus talking here now, for I was hungered and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then will the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or, and we fed thee, or thirsty, and we gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger, and took you in, or naked, and we clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and we came to you? The king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Jesus said, You have done it unto me. But wait, there's more, much more. Then shall he say also to them on the left, Depart from me. Ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, it was never prepared for you. Hell was never prepared for you. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. It's not prepared for you tonight. You were never intended to go there. My, my, we could preach there a moment. 42, for I was hungered and you didn't give me any meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? These are verses we have to live with. I realize that we've read these, we're familiar with these, but there's going to be a day when this book, this chapter, and this verse is going to be open. He saw, they said, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick? Or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he shall answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as as ye did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. I feel mandated 
to preach what I am going to preach to you tonight. I believe that by the end of this service, the Lord is going to place a burden upon us. That there is going to be a burden that comes upon this body. I believe God's going to do something. I, I, I know, yes I do, I know God is going to do a mighty thing in this building. This morning I preached to you on the subject, I was a stranger. Tonight I want to continue in a part two of that thought. He is the stranger. He is the stranger. Would you put your Bibles down and close your eyes, lift your hands, and just pray that the Lord would open your eyes to his word. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God of heaven. Oh, God of heaven. Oh, God. Open our eyes. Understanding to your word. Oh, God, let your word do what only it can do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. He is the stranger. Turn to your neighbor say, he is the stranger. Now, now I realize I realize that every now and again we we take some time and and uh, and and we lay a foundation and and we 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 cut up and it's just who I am. I, I just uh, I, I've we're we are our most frustrated when we operate outside of who God has called us to be. Another subject for another day. But I can only be who I am. But I realize that. Sometimes it's different, but I'm just going to do what I feel uh, tonight, and I'm going to ask you to be with me from the get-go. Amen. Could you do that? Could you preach with me tonight? I would like for you, and I'm asking you tonight to preach with me. We're going to see what God's going to do. It was always God's design to come in the fashion of a stranger. Scripture tells us, and points us to the narrative that he would not, yes, he would be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He would see the end from the beginning. He would be able to speak and it happened. He would be able to turn water into wine. But from the very beginning of the New Testament, we see the Christ child the King of kings and Lord of lords, robing himself in flesh, not coming into the best part of town. But as a matter of fact, he was born into the worst part of town. And when he came, he was not born in the best possible place. He was not born in the best hospital or place that was customary to having children and being prepared for them. But 
When he came, he came and was born in the worst possible place. And so our king that we serve tonight came born in the worst possible location in a manger, animals around, dirtiness around, all of this mess around. That's the place where a king was born. Not only was he born in that manger, but he would grow up in Nazareth. Nazareth, a place that was frowned upon, a place that one writer said and acknowledged, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Of all places for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to be born, he was born in the lowest of places and lived in the lowest of locations. He told Israel in Leviticus 19 and 34 that they should be willing to treat strangers as one of them. Let's look at it, 19 and 34. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. He commissions them in the Old Testament to accept the stranger and to love them as their own selves. But what they did not realize is that he would later come to them as a stranger. He commissions them to love the stranger, not knowing they would, not knowing that he would later come as the stranger. He told them, let's look beyond in, in the story of, of the New Testament. Uh, in, in the Old Testament, he said in Leviticus 19 and 9, he said, he said, leave the corners of your fields for the stranger. He said, he said, you've got your fields and you've got your corn and your vineyards and your crops that you have planted. But in Leviticus, he commissioned them to leave the corn in the corner for the stranger. What they did not know, what Israel or the church did not know is it would be Jesus Christ himself in Matthew chapter 12 who would later walk through that corn. He said, leave the corn in the corner for the stranger. And sure enough, here Jesus comes with his disciples as the stranger gleaning from the extra corn. Oh, when we imagine the stranger, the last person that we would imagine is Jesus Christ. But I've come to tell you more than he came robed and presented as a king. He robed himself as a stranger more than he did anything else in the scripture. As a matter of fact, 
He tells us that he tells us in Luke chapter nine that the foxes have holes and birds have uh, birds have nests to live in, but the Son of Man doesn't have anywhere to lay his head. If Jesus lived like anything, he lived like a stranger would. He didn't live like the royalty in that day. He didn't robe himself in the finest apparel as the priests did. But when Jesus came, he came, amen, with nothing to his name. No home to live in, no place to lay his head on at night. Jesus presented himself to us as a stranger. And the reason... Israel didn't get it. The reason Israel could stand three feet from their Savior and yell, crucify him. The reason Israel could scream to the top of their lungs, give us Barabbas. Give us the murderer. Give us the whoremonger. Give us the man who's, who's terrible for our community. The reason they could yell, give us Barabbas and crucify Jesus is because they missed it. They thought when their king would come, he would come arrayed in royalty. They never imagined that their king would robe himself in rags. They never pictured that their God would present himself as the lowest of the low. He would present himself. There was nothing good or comely about him. He wasn't even attractive to look at. When he came... He came as one that would not attract attention by his appearance or by his status. But when he came, he came as a stranger wondering who would accept him, not because of what he had to offer, not because of his position or who he was. He came robed in the, in the flesh of a stranger wondering, is there anybody that can see past the religious formality of that day and see that there is a king standing among them that's relatable with them that's able to meet them on their level I'm going to tell you right now, he came to us as a stranger. Amen. Yes, I was a stranger. I was once a stranger to the kingdom of God. And when you come as a stranger, you come as he came. You come as he came, to, amen, to these people. The Lord robed himself in the form of a stranger. And he said it in our opening text. He said there's going to be a day, Brother John, in Matthew chapter 25 where the goats from the sheep are separated. There's going to come a day where we're going to stand. Does eternity move us anymore? I've had to ask myself that every now and again. Does heaven move me anymore? Does standing before God convict me anymore? Do I, do I think about the day that I stand before him anymore? 
Come on, when's the last time you woke up and said, I wonder if today is the day that I see him? You see, we've got to be reminded every now and again that there is coming a day when all temporal things will be gone like that and the only thing that will have mattered is how you treated the widow, how you treated the orphan, how you treated the stranger, how you treated the hungry, how you treated the thirsty, and if you knew who God was, that's all, go- that's, all that's going to matter. In Matthew 25, he paints the picture of separating the sheep from the goats. And what separates them, he said, those that enter in will be the ones. He said, when I was hungry, you fed me. He's he's using personal present tense. He's, He's referring to himself in these things. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. When I was an orphan, you brought me into your world. When I was a widow, you cared for me. And because you did these things, enter in to the joy of the Lord. And he separates the goats from the sheep. And he said, you didn't feed me. You didn't clothe me. You didn't visit me. You didn't take me in. You didn't take time for me. You didn't do what I commissioned you to do. I put my spirit in you for, to be a blessing to more than just you. But I put my spirit in you so that you could minister to the stranger and the orphan and those that were around And the scripture says that they will look at him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you afar off? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you in all of these different areas? He said, you saw me every time you passed him on the street. You saw me every time you you welcomed or did not welcome in the stranger. He said, if you have done it unto them or not done it unto them, to them, you have done it or not done it unto me. Can I tell you tonight that God cares about how we treat the stranger. God cares about how we treat the orphan. He has robed. He cared enough about them to come here on their level. He cared enough about them to come, amen, in the form of a stranger. We've got to be accepting of those that are strangers. Is there room for a stranger in your life? Is there room for a stranger in your day? Is there a room? I'm asking you tonight. Is there room for a stranger tomorrow in your schedule? Is there room? Is there room to love the people? that God died for? Is there room in your life to minister to people that can't offer you anything in return? Because if there's not, Scripture warns us of a day where we will be judged 
according to how we served those people. If there's not room in your schedule, if there's not room in my schedule for the stranger, then I say tonight, Lord, change my schedule. If there's not room in my agenda and my cares for a stranger and an orphan and a widow, then I say tonight, Lord, change my perspective, change what I love, change what I spend my time in. I want to love what you love and hate what you hate, God. I want to be like you. Oh, yeah, the challenge, though, with the church is that the church can become so routine in the religious formality that we forget that this was not intended just for us, but this whole thing was built for those that are not here yet. I know, uh, Sister Audrey Turner said to us, I know the vision of this church is restoring people to a greater purpose. She asked the question, and I'm going to ask it again tonight. It's the church's vision, yes, but is it your vision? Is it what you desire? Is it what you are willing to sacrifice time for? Is it what you are willing to sacrifice hours of prayer and sleep for? Do you have time for the stranger? Because if you don't have time for the stranger, you don't have time for God. Because he is the stranger. Lord, help us, God. Help us, God, in this culture. Help us in this culture of self-centeredness. Help us in this culture of consumed and concerned with only us and ours. Help us in this culture to not become so concerned about only our stuff that we forget about the stranger. I want you to pray with me for a moment. Come on, just pray right now. I don't need you, many of you in this building know me enough to know that I don't need to clarify myself. I know there are people that are burdened and working and laboring in the kingdom of God that are in this building, but it's never been just about a small group of people laboring and working to serve the stranger. It's been about the whole body, the whole church doing the whole work of God. It's about the body getting in unity together, saying the only thing that matters, yes, I've got to provide. Yes, I have a scriptural obligation to, to provide for 
for my family and to do those things. But just as much as those things, I have an obligation to be his hands and to be his feet to show the love of God to the people that need him. We don't need a part of the church tonight. I am commissioning and calling for the whole church tonight to do the whole work of God. I'm just not there. I'm not. Cody, I know. I know that I'm supposed to be and I should. But... We got a, you know how we are. We got a lot of butts. Some of y'all are laughing. Some of you are like, is it okay to laugh? Is it okay? There's a lot of butts around here. (laughs) I want to go further, but I'm not. But Cody... This is consuming my time. This is where I'm at right now. This is this, this personality, family circumstance, and issues in, in your own home. How can I minister when, when I'm broken? How can I minister when, when I'm hurting? How can I, how can I do these things when, they're, when, when, when inside I'm bleeding and I'm and I'm, I'm struggling and I'm depressed and I'm wondering where God is in my life. Cody, I, I hear you that, that I have a commission from God, but, but don't you see where I'm at? I hear you tonight. I heard you long before I preached this message tonight. Don't you see where I'm at? This anxiety, Cody, has taken over my life and I can't make decisions let alone help somebody else make decisions for their life. This stuff that's going on in me is seems to be more than I can bear. How in the world could I help bear somebody else's burdens as well, Cody? But, but, I've got a but, Cody, I've got a but. It's the only way you can get away with saying but from the pulpit. I've got a butt. <laughs> I want to remind you tonight, I'm not going to be much longer, of 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'd like for you to turn there. Pastor Melick, uh, if you would be willing, I'd like for you to come and help me read. If we could get a mic, the worship leader mic. Somebody could, Geo, if you could grab that. Or Turn with me to 1 Samuel 30. Is everybody all right? Some of you are still focusing on, I can't believe he said but. Is everybody all right? Everybody good? We're going to go somewhere here in a minute. 1 Samuel 30 and 1. Are you ready? Yes. Everybody ready? Say, I'm ready. Start with verse 1. 
And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag yeah. on the third day, and the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein, yeah. they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away. And so the Amalekites carried, carried the people of Ziklag away. Go on. And went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Stop. Their wives, their sons, their daughters were taken captive. Their houses burnt with fire. You want to talk about a present-day struggle. You want to talk about a current issue going on in their life. Their houses were on fire. Their wives were gone and their kids were all gone. Read on. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. They wept. Go on. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David's own wives were taken. You want to talk about a current problem. His own, his own wife, and, and if I tried to pronounce them, I wouldn't do as well as Pastor Melick did. His own wives were taken. You want to talk about a current place that how in the world am I supposed to pour out right now? But what did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Go on, verse 7. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. Yeah. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? You see, sometimes, you see, sometimes it, it's okay to weep every now and again, mm -hmm. but don't ever allow yourself to weep so long that you park there. Don't ever allow yourself. There is a time for mourning. There is a time for grieving. There is a time and season for all things. But don't you dare park yourself for so long that you stop in the process of mourning. You stop in the process of grieving. You stop in the process of healing. Yes, mourn, but don't mourn forever. Yes, grieve, but don't grieve forever. Amen. Yes, struggle, but don't struggle forever. Amen. At some point, you've got to find the ephod. Mm. At some point, you've got to find the presence of the Lord again. Mm. I'm all for, I'm all for uh, taking time for yourself. I'm all for doing those things. But don't you dare forget, honey, one touch of the Holy Ghost, one meeting with Jesus can change your situation. That will not, that will never, that concept will never leave this church. The old timers preached it, that you just need a good touch of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to continue to preach it, that one touch from God can change it all. One time in his presence can change everything. Not by might, not by power. By my spirit. By his spirit. It's still by his spirit. You're still healed by his spirit. Yeah. You're still whole by his spirit. With God, all things are possible. Yeah. 
grieve, yes. Mourn, yes. Struggle, yes. But get into the presence of the Lord your God. Get into the presence of your creator that formed you in the belly and that knows what you need at your present time. Praise God. He got in the, he got in the presence of the Lord. Go on. What verse are we at? Eight. Uh, sounds good. Keep going. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. If he would have never inquired of the Lord, his family would have still been gone. Wives gone. Daughters. You see, they didn't know. This, the, 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 writer, the writer had no clue. Uh, the, the, the people... The, the, the army men that were with David had no clue if their kids were dead or alive, their wives were dead or alive. Right. I know it's spelled out in Scripture, but they had no clue. And if David would have stopped and grieved and stayed where he was, he would have never recovered his family. Amen. You can grieve too long. Why am I here tonight? This ain't in my notes. You can mourn too long. You can grieve too long. You can stay down in the dumps too long. You can do anything for too long. You've got to remember. You've got to go. You've got to keep moving. You've got to inquire of the Lord again. Come on. That's the word for somebody in this room tonight. Go to God about it. Get in the presence of the Lord about it. Inquire of the Lord. What should I do about my situation? Lord. Read on. Pursue. Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them. You'll overtake them. And without fail, recover all. You, there's the word. Didn't know. Didn't know that he even had the opportunity to recover all. Mm. Didn't even know if his babies and his wife were still alive. But one word from the Lord gave him the assurance he needed and the news that he needed that they're still alive and well. There's still breath in them. Go get them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where you at tonight? Those things that you've been calling dead, those things that you've been calling done, that call to ministry that you've called dead and far beyond you, I've come to tell you that it's still alive. It's, uh, it's still alive. You've got to go to God again about it. Jesus. It's still alive in you. Hallelujah. Read on. we got to hurry. So David went. He, he went. He and the 600 men that were with him. That's right. And came to the brook Besor yeah. where those that were left behind stayed. Some stayed. But David pursued. David pursued. He and 400 men. Yes. For 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Besor. Here's where, you, here's, here's where the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. We've got people that started the journey, that started the journey to, to go and recover their stuff, but they were physically and literally not able. So what did the rest of the men do? They said, hey, that's all right. We're going to still go get your stuff. Yeah. We're going to still go do what God's called you to do. We're in this thing together tonight, and if we can join hand in hand, we can recover everything that we've been promised. Amen. Read on. And they found an Egyptian in the field. Found an Egyptian in the field. And brought him to David. Yeah. And gave him bread. And gave, wait, 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 wait
They found an Egyptian in a field. They found a man wandering. Get the picture. Hundreds of horsemen riding, angry, furious, mad because an enemy has taken their families and burned their houses with fire. And they stop for a man in the field. Interesting, he's in the field. Mm. Read on. And gave him bread, and he did eat, and they made him drink water. My, my. He was hungry. What'd they do? Fed him. They fed him. <laughs> he was thirsty. What, what'd they do? Gave him drink. Were they hurting? Mm -hmm. Were they grieving? Amen. Were they angry? Get the word of the Lord today. Yeah. They had all of this present trouble, but still fed and still gave water. Go on. And they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. Yeah. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him. Yeah. For he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. Yeah. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou, and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite. An Amalekite. Who was it that destroyed their town? The Amalekites. Go on. And my master left me because three days ago, three days agone, I fell sick. Isn't that interesting how the world will just leave the sick behind and mm -hmm. keep going? I feel the Holy Ghost so strong here. Yes. I hope you're all right. Isn't that yes. interesting how the world will get everything it needs out of you and then say, hey, so long, you're no right. good to me anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Newsflash, living for God is hard. Mm -hmm. Another newsflash, living for the world is also hard. You've just got to choose your hard. You've just got to choose which one you want. Choose the place that's going to leave you behind or choose the place that's going to carry you when you're weak. There's nothing like the church. Yeah. Go on. We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites and upon the coast which belongs to Judah and upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. Ziklag, your house, your place. You ring a bell, your place. We, we burned it with fire. Mm. Go on. And David said to him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? Yeah. And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master. You know, that man is a smart man. <laughs> he may have been an Egyptian wandering in the field, but I'm going to tell you right now, that man was intelligent. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry, I'm cracking up still. <laughs> sorry. And I will bring thee down to this company. Yeah. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because all of the great spoil that... They had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. Eating and drinking and dancing and all is well in the world. We've got everything that, we've got all of your stuff. We've, we've got it all. And they're fuming, angry, and mad. Read on. And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening <laughs> of the next day. Yeah. And there escaped not a man of them save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. Verse 18. Read the, first, read the first four words. And David recovered all. He didn't recover some. 
he didn't recover a little bit of it. He recovered everything that had been taken away from him when he stopped and you're hurting, you're grieving, you're, you're, you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with these things, you've got chaos in your home. It's, it's, it's time to give. It's time to, it's time to feed. It's time to give the, give the thirsty drink, Brother John. It's time to minister to the stranger and the or I know that you're not complete, amen, but if you could just minister in the midst of your shortcomings, your God is going to make sure that you recover everything because when you've taken time for the stranger you take time for the Lord come on clap your hands and rejoice with me for a moment come on stand to your feet everybody in the room hallelujah we serve a God that cares about the stranger today. Are you glad that he cared about you? Are you glad that he fed you when you were hungry? Are you glad that he gave you water when you were thirsty? Oh, I feel victory in this building tonight. I said I feel victory in this building tonight. Your answer is ministering. Your answer is giving what you feel like you do not have. If you have it all, you have no need of God. If you have everything, you have no need of the help of the Lord. But Brother Chuck, when I am incomplete, when I don't have it all together, I have become the best candidate for the Lord to flow through me because it's never been about my ability anyway. It's never been about what I have anyway. It's the foolish and the weak things of the world that he has chosen to confound the wise. Are you incomplete? You feel like your house is burning with fire music? Come. Give these people hope. Is your house burning? Is your family having problems? Are you wrestling with stuff internally? Contrary to what? Culture says, and your flesh would say, you have arrived at the best time to minister. You have arrived at the best time to pour out what was never meant to be just yours to begin with. He said, I have put in you a well of water. And sometimes it takes crisis and it takes trouble and it takes these things to wake me out of my sleep as a Christian and force me to tap into that well that the Lord has. See, some of y'all got your trouble all wrong. Some of you are looking at your trouble the wrong way. You better. Some of you better thank God for the trouble that he sent. Uh, yeah, I said it, that he sent because he saw how lax I was getting. He saw how comfortable I was getting in my blessings. He saw how comfortable I was getting where I was. And in, as a matter of fact, he saw how lost I was. I was becoming, and he sent trouble to make me find him again. He puts in us a well 
that isn't enough just for me. But Brother Gio, he said, out of your belly will flow rivers. He said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. Where? In the presence of my enemies, in the presence of the struggle, in the presence of, 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 of the trouble that's going on. He said, in the presence of all of that that's going on, you have anointed my head with oil, and my cup is running over. It's enough for me, for my family, and for the stranger. Lift your hands and just pray with me for a moment. Brother Gio, I want you to come. Come on, call on the Lord. The presence of God is here. Come on, God's touching some of us tonight. Just entertain that burden right now. The Lord wants you to open your heart right now. He wants you to push past the tiredness. We're all tired here tonight. The Lord is challenging us here tonight. Is your tiredness way more than the sinner that's dying out there in the world? Is your complacency greater than the lost and dying co-worker that you work with five days, six, seven days a week? And Ezekiel, the prophet, was looking to the people of God. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness. And I, wrote, I read that several months ago and began to weep and cry in my office at my apartment. How many times was I full of pride? And how many times was I full of a good message and full uh, of a good word and full of a, a good conference or a good church service? And, and, and yet, I'm abundant in idleness. And what the man of God preached here today is it starts with prayer. Before I can ever give and help the stranger, it has to be birthed in prayer. You see, what you see here today, the nice lights and the, the Holy Ghost and the powerful move of God, it began with the prayer meeting, but it's going to end with the prayer meeting. We must put our trust back into inquiring of the Lord. Because when we begin to inquire upon the Lord, we will recognize.
recognize that they're not dead, but they're just captive. And the only way we can loose the captives is by prayer and fasting. And God is challenging this sanctuary here today to birth a prayer meeting and to birth a hunger and a burning on the inside of us here tonight. It says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but found none. It was the Lord God Almighty that sought the whole land from east to west, from north to south. He sought it and he could not find a man to stand in the gap. And I feel the Holy Ghost challenging this church tonight. He's saying pursue the gap for the lost and dying world of Zanesville, Ohio. Pursue it. I remember my wife, and, and I don't say this to embarrass her, but I, I remember several, last year, we were, we were I was sleeping, and, and generally I, I get up early because I'm going to work before she does. And we have our devotions in the morning. And I remember Pastor Milik as I, I, I'm awakened as my wife gets up, and, 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 I, and I touch her, I said, honey, are you okay? She says, I don't feel so good. I'm wondering if she's sick in her body. She said, no, I don't feel good spiritually right now. And she woke up and she went to pray. And I went to pray. And several days late, several days earlier, my, my grandmother told us um, to pray for my Uncle Gino for he was having open heart surgery. Gino on my mom's side was the first one to be saved. First one to get baptized, first one to get the Holy Ghost started this whole thing. Wouldn't be here if it was for not that. And he had coursed away and backslid and came back to the Lord and had struggles. But they performed the surgery, and I'll never forget it. They performed the surgery, and 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 I found out later that day after work, as I arrived and in my driveway, my mother texted me and said, your Uncle Gino died twice today. My heart sunk to my stomach. It, it, it tore me, Pastor Cody, up on the inside. And, and, I, and, and, she, and I, I called her. She said, he's fine, he's fine. They revived him. And instantly the Holy Ghost quickened me, Brother Justino. And, 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 and I asked her, what time did he die? And, and, and can I tell you, it was the exact hour in the morning that he died that my wife was awoken up in sleep and began to intercede for somebody she had no clue she was interceding for. And I asked her, honey, how did you feel? She said, I, I felt like death. And you see, when we stand in the gap between humanity and God, we begin to feel how God feels towards the stranger. We begin to feel how God feels towards that drug addict or that alcoholic or that prostitute or, or that widow or, or for that man that's about to jump off the bridge and commit suicide. And can I tell you here tonight, can I tell you in his, in his when he was dead, he was elevated to heaven and when he went to heaven he saw the throne of God and he saw the the, the angels around the throne and, and 
the Lord lifted him up in and when he was dead lifted him up and said I'm done with this one it was not a gesture of he's finished his course he's fought a good fight the Lord was done with him God tell you in the midst of that he heard a voice and you can ask him here today give him another chance give him another chance and can I tell you while that nurse rushed into that hospital room and began to jump on his ribs and break it just to get his heart to beat one more time there was somebody on their knees beginning to cry out for somebody that was dying and I've come to tell this church if we stop praying they will die and go to a lost and dying world lift your hands right now and I want every interceder to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost no music please no music I want the voice of the church to begin to arise and feel our duty and step in the gap of intercession I want you to begin to wail I want you to begin to cry I want you to tap into a burden here tonight a burden from God he coramba shataye da boshondo coramba shataye coramba shataye I'm going to push past the flesh here tonight I'm going to go a little further in the garden here tonight I'm going to die to self tonight I may got dinner waiting on me but God there's somebody dying in the city of Zazo right now and I've got to fill the gap Rambo Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.